right, church, say amen. Grab your Bibles. Remain standing for just a moment. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter number 12. Uh, uh, run, run to my office and get my glasses. I done done it again. <laughs> Matthew chapter number 12. How many are glad to be saved? While the choir, while the choir finds their place, let me give y'all an update of our DMD ministry. Uh, if you're new to Temple, DMD stands for Disciples Making Disciples. Say that with me. We currently, we currently have right now in training in the two training centers. We have a training center at two o'clock today and a training center at four o'clock today. And in those two training centers, we have almost forty people being trained to go out and win people to Christ and develop them into disciples. Uh, we have today, today in the second service, we're going to be baptizing three people who have come to know the Savior through the DMD ministry. Can we give God praise and glory and honor? Come on, give him praise. It's basically this. If you want to, I mean, just the easiest way to understand it is instead of, instead of trying to convince people to come to church here, we're taking church to them. Amen. We are meeting in, in a body shop, a auto repair shop, uh, 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 places of business, uh, community centers all over Coleman. Right now through DMD, we have 12 different uh, uh, micro churches, small uh, DMD groups meeting uh, every single week. And this week we had 70 in attendance. Can we give God praise and glory right there? I, I'll be honest with you. It is something that thrills my soul and is, excites me to know in what God is doing. And listen, we're all supposed to be disciples. We're all supposed to be disciples. What is a disciple? One that leads somebody else to follow Jesus. Amen. And so, so you be praying about that and, and, and really, really uh, uh, thank God and, and help us pray in that second service that, that God will be honored and glorified in it. And uh, hurry up with my glasses. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't worry about that coffee. We got preaching to do. Amen. All right, all right. Has everybody found your place? Everybody found your place in Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew, and that's my buddy too. He ain't offended him whatsoever. Some of y'all going to think I'm being mean to him, but he gives it back. He gives it back. All right. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 15. When you get there, say amen. amen. But when Jesus knew it, knew what? Verse 14. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to destroy him. And I'm going to come back and explain that for, for those that you are new with us. So, so let's just continue reading verse 15. When Jesus knew that, that they wanted to kill him and destroy him, he withdrew himself from thence and great multitudes followed him and he healed them. So two things took place. He withdrew, he withdrew from the religious leaders and he began to heal all of the multitudes. So that would tell me the multitudes are what, what some in that day would classify as the lower class. Are y'all with me? He's kind of withdrawing from the very public ministry and meeting with those who are willing to meet with him, okay? And charge them that they should not make him known. In other words, do not make a big deal about this. Keep this under your hat. Keep it on the DL, right? The down low. That it might be fulfilled, which he was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, now here's our message. What's that first word? Say it again. Behold. Behold, that's the title today, Behold. Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, 
my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I, this is talking about God the Father, by the way, and he is in reference to God the Son. The servant and and the one who he is well pleased is is Jesus Christ. Or, or is everybody on the same page there? Amen. So God has taken a moment to brag about His Son. Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. And He shall I will put my spirit upon Him, and He shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear His voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall He not break, and a smoking flax shall He not quench. Till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Woo. Let's go back to 18 and let's all read that together. Let's all read that together. Let's just let it soak in. All right. Let's just let it soak in. Verse 18. Remember, this is God the Father bragging about his boy. Are y'all with me? All right. God the Father is, is bragging and he is sharing about his son. Now let's all read in concert. Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit, (coughs) and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this great crowd. I thank you for the privilege to preach your word. Lord, I desperately need the unction and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. I pray that you'll fall upon me, fill me, control my mind, control my thoughts, control my words. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you and surrender to your direction and your guidance. Lord, I pray. I pray that you don't allow me to say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me say any, forget anything I should. I pray your perfect will be done. Let every ear comprehend and understand what we're saying today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Here, here's what we got going on. Here's what we got going on. Uh, just a little brief review. Uh, if you're here today and you're new, we've been discussing the king. Jesus is the king. Are y'all with me? Amen. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And the gospel of Matthew represents and, and portrays and gives you the picture of Jesus as the king. From the very beginning of Matthew, we see his pedigree. We see that he is the lineage of the kings. He is a he he belongs in the in the the, the tribe and in the family of David, who God had promised that there would be somebody from David's line that would be a king and be a king forever. And we know Jesus passes the test. Say amen. We saw the king's pedigree. We saw the king's court and his men. We saw the king's ambassadors. We saw the king's uh, constitution to the kingdom in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. We saw many things about the king as Jesus comes forth and he presents himself and he presents the evidence. We saw the king's power, right? He is healing people. He is doing things that nobody can do but God himself. Say amen. amen. 
He's healing people, casting out demons, casting out devils. The king is even tested. He even is tested in the temptation in the wilderness because if he's going to unseat the present king, he's going to have to have power. Oh, who is the present king? The Bible says that the devil is the God of this world, right? He's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And if a coming king is going to reign, he's got to be able to have power over the former king. And we know that in every temptation, he came through with flying colors. Say amen. Now, now, the king has come. It was announced. The angels announced. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the, and the king has come. It's announced. He has presented himself. He has presented the evidence. He has presented the proof. He has shown his power. Now it's up to the nation to either accept him or, and we all know what happened. And so chapter 11 up to chapter 1 to chapter 10 is the king presenting his, his evidence and the king presenting himself to be received or rejected and offering himself to be their king. Well, we know in chapter 11, the rejection. Say that with me. The rejection, the rejection begins. First thing they reject is his prophet. Y'all remember a few weeks ago we studied about John Baptist. He said John Baptist came in a, in a strict way, in a disciplined way, and you said he had a demon. So the first thing they did is they rejected the prophet that prophesied about the king. They rejected his forerunner. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And, and then we, we learned that not only did they reject his prophet, but they rejected his principles. We learned last week where Jesus tried to tell them the truth. They tried to blame him and accuse him of breaking the law. But he never broke one of God's laws. All he broke was their tradition. And so they rejected his principles. They rejected his truth. He is the way and the truth. Are y'all with me? They rejected that. We'll hear none of that. We'll hear none of that. And when they could not dispute the truth that he presented, they said, well, we just need to destroy him. We just need to destroy him. We need to do away with him. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leapfrog a minute, all right? I'm going to leapfrog a minute. So y'all, y'all just bear with me, okay? Stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, uh, stay with me. I'm going to stay with you, preacher. Okay. Now, we're going to leapfrog over the verses we're going to deal with today. And if you go into the next verses in chapter number 12, you'll find out that they reject his power. Because he casts out demons and he does miracles that nobody can do. And the, and, and the common people, uh, that means the people with common sense. The common people said, hey, this has got to be him. This has got to be the Messiah. And you know what they say? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, he's doing that stuff, but he's only doing that by the power of the devil. He casts out demons by Beelzebub. So what are they doing now? Now they're rejecting his power. Now they're rejecting his power. They're not believing his power. So every aspect of his presentation as the king, they have rejected. Are y'all with me? So we just got rejection everywhere. Rejection here, rejection there, rejection everywhere. Are y'all with me? Chapter 11 and 12 is nothing but the, and when I say this, not necessarily the common people, but the nation's leaders as a whole. They are saying, we don't want no part of this. Are y'all with me? Now, I I know what you're saying. Why'd you leapfrog? We're going to leap back. In the midst and in the middle 
of all this rejection, it's like God the Father is saying, time out. Time out. In the middle, in the middle, and this is the way I'm taking this. This is the way I'm taking this. Now stay with me. It's like God the Father is saying, hold up. Hold up. What's that word? Behold. Behold. It's what us rednecks call. Hey, check this out. Hey, y'all, check this out. That means stop what you're doing. Focus just a minute. Because what I'm fixing to tell you is of vital importance. And, God, and it's like this. God the Father's like saying, hold up, everybody. Let me kind of help you understand just what it is that you're rejecting. Are y'all with me? And so these verses that we're going to talk about today, it's going to be very short too. Technically, it's supposed to be a very small. It is really. I don't know why y'all have no faith in me. But it's like it just stands out. It's like a, it's like a well, an oasis in the middle of this desert dry heat of rejection. It's, it's, like a, it's like a beautiful rose that, that comes forth in all of this surrounding of thorns and thistles. God, we see rejection in the beginning. We see rejection in 11 and, and throughout chapter number 12, there's rejecting, they're hating him and they're wanting to destroy him. But God says, hey man, I, let, me, let me explain who you're rejecting. Behold, get a good glimpse. I think I put the definition there in your notes. Look at the top of your notes. Behold. Now read it with me. Read it with me. To fix the eyes upon, to see with and to. Now let's say it again. To. 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 You know what? I think the whole world needs to do that. I think the world needs to take their eyes off of religion I think they need to take their eyes off of denominationalism. I think they need to take their eyes off of all of tradition and everything that the world is trying to make Jesus out to be and stop a minute and observe with attention. Pay close attention to what God says about his son. I don't care what the atheists say. I don't care what the liberals say about God's son. I don't care what the world says about God's son. I don't care what the Bible deniers say about God's son. I want to know what God thinks about his son. Behold, take a good glimpse. Three things I want to show you real quick. Real quick, out of these verses, I want you to, I want you to observe with attention. I want, to, I want you to fix your eyes upon Jesus. And look at this right here. Number one, number one. The first thing you need to see now, now, now you got to got you got to you got to keep this in your mind. Now you got to keep this in your mind. We're in the midst. We're in the midst of we're like a we're like a we're like a floaty in the middle of a pool of rejection. Are y'all with me? I mean, we're surrounded and, and that ain't far off from this world. I don't know if y'all realize it or not, but the world around this church thinks you're a moron for being in this building right now. And they don't understand the significance of what we're doing. They don't understand the significance of who we serve and who we worship and who we believe in. And so in the midst of all of this, watch this. I want you to see this. Number one, number one, I want you to see the majestic approval. The majestic approval. 
It's like <laughs> the majestic approval. It's like this. It's like God is saying, now I know you don't think much of him. You see, they're rejecting everywhere. They're saying he's a matter of fact, they call Jesus a drunk. A wine bibber for you King James people. Say he ain't nothing but a drunk. He just hangs out with sinners. He, he, matter of fact, at some point they call him illegitimate. And they do all of this stuff against him. And it's like, it's like God the Father saying, I know you don't think too highly of him. And I don't, I know you don't think much of him. I know you're in the midst of rejecting him, but let me tell you what I think about him. And we see his majestic approval. Look what the verse says. Look what the verse says. In verse number 18, behold, observe closely with attention. Fix your eyes upon. Look what he says. Behold, my, whom I have, my beloved. Say it with me. My, say it again. My, in whom my soul is well pleased. Are y'all with me? Write these two things down and let me just preach a minute, okay? In his majestic approval, first we see a picked servant. A picked servant. He was chosen by his father. This was, a, this was not a random thing. God the father chose his son to come and be the servant of mankind. To be the one that Philippians says that he was. He was, listen, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He humbled himself, emptied himself, and on purpose limited himself to his deity and took upon all of humanity and he became a slave and he became a servant. He came not to be served but to serve others. He came to wash people's feet. He came to minister to the broken. He came, are y'all with me? I'm talking about the king of kings. I'm talking about the Lord of lords. I'm talking about the one that was in existence when this world was created. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. He is the divine creator who created everything with his divine word and he became a servant. We got Christians today that don't want to serve and they don't want to humble themselves. Well, let me tell you something. Your Savior, your God humbled himself. God the Father chose the Son to be a servant. Are y'all with me? Yes, that's good. We see a pick servant. Then we see B. We see a pleasing son. There's many times we hear through the gospels. This is my beloved son in whom I am. Well pleased. We see it in his baptism. He is there identifying with humanity. He comes to John. John recognizes and understands. He said, man, I need to be baptized. He says, suffer it to be so. Suffer it to be so so we can fulfill all righteousness. And he baptizes him and the Holy Spirit descends out of heaven like a dove and lights upon him. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And all of a sudden they hear this voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my boy. 
Listen, Jesus, God was more pleased with him. Fathers, if, if, your, if your son hit five home runs in one game, you couldn't have been no more pleased than what God was of Jesus. When he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John was up there. And listen, when they woke up, they fell asleep. When they woke up, they saw Jesus being transfigured. You say, what is that? Transfigured means the deity that was on the inside started showing up on the outside. I believe he was glowing with a light that you could see for miles. And they got all jacked up about it. And, and God the Father said, ho, 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 ho. Hear him. This is my son in whom I love and I am well pleased with him. Hear him. Don't get so jacked up in your emotions that you fail to hear his word. Are y'all with me? Now, what's the point? What's the point? And I'm going to hurry. I'm going to hurry because I want to hang here because really the good part's in the third part. Which is all good, but it's really good in the third. <laughs> but in this situation, this is what you got to understand. God loves his son. God loves his son. God is well pleased with his son. Are y'all with me? Now, there's a couple things I can take from this. I didn't put it in your notes, but if you just want to write this down, here's the thing. If, if God in, just infinitely loves and adores his son, Jesus, you better be careful how you treat him. Now, now, now you can do anything you want to me. Into my vehicles. Into my house. But if you start messing with my youngins, We're going to have some problems. But you're a pastor. I will set that aside to whoop you over my kid. Try me. I saw a shirt that said, I got a lot of Christ and a little hood. Amen. You try me. I'm from the south side of the kingdom. Are y'all with me? How many love your youngins? How many of you whoop somebody over your youngins? Come on. Then, then listen, we better be careful how we abuse the Lord Jesus. And how we ignore the Lord Jesus. And how we do not. Oh, come on now. Y'all going to get quiet on me now? You, you don't want the father to adore his son when you adore yours? Better be careful how you treat Jesus. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's move on. Y'all didn't like that point. <laughs> Not only that, look here. Look here. The Bible says he was what kind of pleased? Well pleased. Well pleased. Brother Scott, you know what that means? That's kind of what I want. When I stand before God the Father, that's what I want to hear. Are y'all with me? I want it. I want God to be pleased with me. I want God to look at me and my life and smile and say, are y'all with me? So if that's the case, if that's the case, I read another verse that said, Jesus said himself, I do always the things that what please my father. So what is that teaching us? If you want to be well-pleasing with God, if you want God the Father to smile on your life, 
You better start acting like his son. You better start talking like his son. You better start behaving like his son. You better start loving like his son. You better start forgiving like his son. You better start serving like his son. I want God to be happy with me. No, you don't. You're lying. You're lying. You know you're lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Pinocchio's your middle name. You know how I know that? Because you're not doing anything too pleasing. Matter of fact, I'll just go on and say, you're doing stuff that's not pleasing. And you know it. So don't come in here with that jive about I want him to be happy with me because you ain't trying to be like Jesus. You ain't even trying to find out what Jesus was like so you can be like Jesus. You, you can't be like a stranger. You don't know what a stranger's like. All right. Let's prove it. Do we have any new people in here that I've never met? Anybody willing? I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you. I promise you I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. Anybody in here? You're new. You, you've never met me. Maybe this is your first time. Are, are you new, ma'am? Is this your first time? Your second time. So you come back twice. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, we've never met, right? What's your name? Lois. Lois? Boy, that's a pretty name. That's my grandmama's name. Lois Jones. Oh, man. I miss my grandma, too. She's cool. She had a freezer. <clears throat> time out. <laughs> she had a freezer that didn't matter when the grandchildren come over. We could get an ice cream anytime we wanted. It didn't matter what our parents said. Amen. Because <laughs> at her house, she was the boss. That's right? right? right. And uh, Miss Lois, we've, ne- we've never met, have we? Now, now, if, 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 if you was to say, if you was to say, now, preacher, I need you this week, I need you to behave like Miss Lois. I'd like, uh-oh. Okay, that's going to be kind of hard. Because we've never met, and I, I really don't know how she behaves. I, I don't know if she's like Miss, my lowest grandma that gives away the ice cream, or my dad's mom, Lily Bell, who would beat your eyes out if you got snacks for dinner. <laughs> Y'all see the point? How am I, I going to act like Miss Lois and behave like Miss Lois and treat people like Miss Lois if I don't know what she's like? But if I said, Miss Lois, I'm going home with you. I'm going to hang out with you a while because I want to see how you treat people. And I, I want to see how you talk to people. And, 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 I, and after I've spent some time with Miss Lois, and you look like you'd be a cool person to hang out with. You do. I believe I could, I could, I could start acting like her if I, if I hung with her a little while. Because then I'd be familiar, right? Now, here's the thing. All you got to do is spend time with Jesus, read his word, and then you'll learn how to, watch this, you'll learn how to be well-pleasing to the Father. Behold, he says, look, look at my boy. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the God who is so powerful that he spoke this world into existence, yet, yet. He is a humble servant. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you about him. I love him. I know you're rejecting him. 
I know you're accusing him falsely. I know you don't think much of him. But let me tell you this. I love my boy. My beloved in whom I am well pleased. I don't care what you reject. Because I think he's. Are y'all with me? Number two. Number two. Quickly. Quickly. Thank you, Miss Lois. Thank you. Look here. Number two. We see his missional anointing. His missional anointing. Look what he says. He said, he's my, he's my servant. He's my beloved whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. His missional anointing. Now, now just put, it, put your, your pens down, man. I want to just read something. Kind of explain this. The prophet said that when the Messiah came, that he would have a special anointing on him, right? The, the spirit of God would be upon him. There would come a stem and a branch out of Jesse, right? The, the, in other words, one of David's, uh, David's descendants would come and there would be a special touch on him. And then we know at Jesus' baptism that the Holy Spirit came upon his humanity. Are y'all with me? Now, some people, are, they're a little confused. They say, well, why, if he is God and they're all three one and he's eternally with God and is God and, 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 and the spirit is the spirit of Christ, what was this about? Let me explain. Maybe this can help you understand. Jesus was the preexistent son, eternally one with the father and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity, guys. God the father, God the son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? They're all three one. They're all God. In what way could the Spirit have come upon him during his humanity if they're all one? Well, first of all, the coming of the Spirit upon Jesus was a bestowing of power to his human nature. Say that with me. A bestowing of power to his. His divine nature was already one with the Spirit and did not require special assistance. But his human nature did. Jesus was fully human even to the point of being tempted in the same ways as every human being is, yet without sinning. As a child, he had to grow in wisdom and stature, and this is Luke 5, 2, 52, by the way, in favor with God and man. He had human feelings and human emotions. He was hungry and he got thirsty. He became tired, felt pain and sorrow. His humanness received the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in order for it to function in concert with his deity. Therefore, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. Acts 10, 38. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, secondly, secondly, Jesus required the anointing of the Spirit in order to attest to his royal service as the Messiah. For 30 years, he had lived in obscurity, but when his ministry began, he was given a special attestation of authority and approval by the Father. Now, let me read the verse. After Jesus was uh, baptized, the Spirit came upon him. He went through the testing, the wilderness uh, temptation, and he comes to the temple to begin his ministry. Now watch what he says, Luke four seventeen, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. Watch this now. The Spirit, capital S, right? That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Upon his humanity, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, 
to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And they all knew what he was meaning. What he was meaning is that I am the Messiah. I am the one these verses are talking about. Watch what he says. And he began to say, this day is this scripture in your ears. That's right. Now watch. Now watch. Let me explain the anointing. The best way I can explain this to you is just to kind of give you a modern day illustration. If I was in my humanness, my, my humanity right now, in other words, if I was strictly in my flesh right now, my humanness, does everybody understand what I mean by my humanness? And just, in other words, just who I am, what I have, my intellect, my intelligence, my ability, my emotions, I would be over there behind about that third chair in a fetal position. Because I'm scared of y'all. I'm scared of crowds. I get nervous with people. I went by Walmart because Tammy sent me to Walmart yesterday to get some stuff for Kenzie's birthday. And there wasn't an empty parking spot in the whole place. And I'm, I'm, I'm pulling in the parking lot and I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. And then, and then of all things, Miss Jamie Tucker's coming out. And, and I'm already nervous already. And she's coming out and I'm coming in. She said, preacher, it's a madhouse in there. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, just, I just can't. Man, the thought of this. But I can get in here and I can open up the word. And the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And I can preach to any of you. All of you. Listen, fill this building twice, three times in one day. That's when you really understand the verse that says, listen, in the power of Christ, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The only way I can stand up here in front of all you guys, the only way I can stand up here and preach is in the power of the anointing. There is a special unction that God puts upon me that it is not me standing you. It, I am being used as a vessel by the Holy Spirit to deliver his word unto you. And Jesus in his humanness, he, listen, he receives the power of the Holy Spirit. Every word he said was under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Every step he took was under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Every deed, every miracle, every act was in complete obedience under the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, what does that teach us? What does that teach us? If you're going to be well-pleasing to God, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody says, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? You need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. You need the Holy Spirit to raise a teenager. And chloroform won't hurt a thing. If you don't have that, get some Benadryl, amen. I'm kidding on that. Kind of on that last part. Does everybody get what I'm saying? He said, he's the Messiah. I have put 
my spirit upon him. You got to get this, guys. This is so important you understand that. He didn't come as God. He came as man. Was he all God? Absolutely. He was all God, but he was all man. Let me explain why. I know we've done gone too far in this. We ain't even got to the good part yet. But he had to be a human and live a righteous life to be able to give us his righteousness. He had to be a human, sure enough, all human to come and live a righteous life and become the sacrifice because a man sinned, so a man had to pay the price. And this is what I I think, I don't think some of y'all understand. God the Father don't like you because you're good. Because you're not. God the Father doesn't look upon you and you've somehow earned his favor like you've done something for him to like. No, 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 no. You have totally missed it. The only reason God the Father will even give you the time of day is because of his beloved son. Because the best we can do is his filthy rags in his eyes and it stinks in the nostrils of God. So God sent his son to live a righteous life, to be righteous. And what he did, he made an exchange with humanity. Jesus said, I will take your sin and I will give you my righteousness. So I stand here before you completely in his. Not my good deeds, not anything I've earned. I have exchanged my sin for the righteousness of God. Now I can stand before God the Father and say, here I am. And he will say, my beloved, my soul is well pleased. Not because of what I did, but because of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? Number three, let's get to the good part. Look at his, I don't remember. What was it? His ministry, I think. His ministry approach. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is good. Look in verse 19. By the way, we accidentally went over time. Y'all wasn't listening fast enough this morning. Look what it says in verse 19. What is his ministry approach going to be? How many of y'all, how many of y'all have been in church more than 20 years? You got more than 20 years. Raise your hand real high so I can see it up in the back. How many of y'all have been under or you, you, you've heard tons of different preachers? How many of y'all know they're, 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 everybody's unique, right? You know, some will spit and holler and carry on. Some will get in a monotone. Now, that's okay if he's saying something. Now, I don't mind. I don't mind somebody's monotone. Now, I, I, honestly, my preference my preference, because it was just what I was raised under, I like a preacher to look like he's fighting bumblebees when he's preaching. Right? I mean, I, wanna, I want him to at least act like he believes what he's saying. Right? I mean, I like a little passion, man. I like some enthusiasm, man. Say it like you believe it and stand by it. But everybody's different. You know, there's some preachers, I've seen some preachers get up there and never move from behind the pulpit, never raise his hand, never raise their voice, and preach some of the most powerful messages I've ever heard. And then I've seen some that look like they was fighting bumblebees and, and really at the end of the sermon, I wish they had been. <clears throat> yeah. 
because there was a lot of passion and a lot of enthusiasm and didn't say Jack. No truth, no word. They didn't got no business being in the pulpit. But everybody has a different approach. Everybody has a different style. Are y'all with me? Now, what we're fixing to read is what God the Father is saying about his son. His ministry approach. Here's how he's going to approach things. Does that make sense? Watch this. Watch how he's going to be. Us preachers need to pick up on this. We see his ministry approach in verse 19. Write this down. In his call. We see his ministry approach in his call. Look what he says. Verse 19. He shall not strive. Strive. You know what that means? It means fuss and argue. To wrangle. Y'all with me? He ain't going to argue with you. It means to debate and you know that. How many of y'all have ever argued? Anybody know what I mean by argue? Anybody argue before? If you're up north, you argue. If you're in the south, you argue. They argue. Y'all with me? You're going back and forth. You know what the Bible says about him? He ain't going to do that. He's not going to strive. Look what it says, verse 19. Nor, what's that next word? That means scream and holler. That's what that means. Scream and holler. Watch this. Neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. Now watch this. Let's go back a minute. Let's go back a minute. What did he say? Why is he saying all this stuff? It says that it might be fulfilled. Jesus did something. So Matthew could say the reason he did it is so Isaiah such as that would be fulfilled. What was it that he did? If you'll remember. When he found out that they rejected him and they did not agree with him and they're going to destroy him. He said. He backed up. This is the same one who could call 12 legions of angels from heaven. This is the same one who said to the storm, peace be still, calm the storm. This is the same one who could snap his finger and take their breath away. But he said, okay. Not going to fuss with you. I have presented truth. It's, it's, It's your job to decide what to do with it. You know what that tells me? Our Savior, the Lord, the Beloved, He's a perfect gentleman. Amen. Us preachers need to, need to take some notes. He didn't, he didn't try to get dramatic with them. He didn't get angry with them. He didn't fuss with them. He didn't try to debate them. He didn't get in their face and start hollering from the street. He said, no man's going to hear all that. No. He's a perfect gentleman who presents truth with dignity. And he leaves it up to the hearers to decide what to do with it. I learned a lot from this. I learned something this week because there are opportunities. I met somebody in Walmart yesterday who asked me about something. I'm glad they talked to me. That's what I want you to do. They said, you said something. What did you mean by, did you mean this or did you mean that? And I said, no, 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 no. This is what I meant. Because what they heard is not what I said. And that, that kind of, that boy, that got me. I said, man, because I, 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 I don't want nobody to ever be confused about what I'm saying. But the Holy Spirit, he kind of whispered in my ear, said, son, you're only responsible for what you say, not what they hear. I can say this, but they hear that. And I'm not saying that's what happened. Then there was just a little miscommunication. They didn't quite understand how I, but does everybody understand that? What's the point? Jesus is speaking to you. 
And he's not responsible for what you take from it or what you do with it. You are. And he has come as a perfect gentleman said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He's come to you and said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be He's come to you and said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He's come to you and said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has come to you and said, but God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's come to you and presented salvation and forgiveness and deliverance, but it's up to you. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to beat you over the head with it. He comes as a perfect gentleman to offer you deliverance and salvation. That's his ministry style. His ministry approach in his call. Then watch this. I love this part. His ministry approach in his uh, care. Write that word down. In his care. And now, 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 put your pencil down and look at me because I'm, I'm already over time, so I'm going to finish it. But I need you to pay close attention. Don't be wrapping up and shutting your Bibles. I'm not done. <laughs> look at me. Everybody in the balcony. Look, 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 look. God says this about his son. He says, let me tell you about the way my boy treats people. Let me tell you about the way my boy treats people. He said, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not put out. In other words, here's what a bruised reed is. The shepherds of that day would take reeds, y'all know what it is, kind of like a bamboo. And they would poke holes in that and they would play like, kind of like a flute. They would play music to pass the time, to calm the sheep. And sometimes those reeds would get wet and soft and they wouldn't work anymore. Sometimes they would crack. They would get bruised and they, and they wouldn't work anymore. So the shepherd would just... Break it and discard it. It was useless. It didn't play music anymore. It was useless. The smoking flax, the flax is a wick on a lamp. And when the wick burns all the way down and there's nothing less, there's no more light, it just sits there and smolders. And so what you would do is you would just go snuff it out because it's useless. It doesn't give light anymore. You see, the bruised reed doesn't give music anymore. To the world, it's useless. The, the, the flax, the wick, it's all, watch this now, it's all used up. And all it does is smoke. It doesn't do and fulfill its purpose. It doesn't give light anymore. So it's discarded. Do You see, the people in, in life who are all used up, Who've, who've made a big waste of their life in man's eyes. The devil has just, just drugged them through the briars. And in their minds, they're useless. They don't play music anymore. They don't, they don't give light anymore. They don't serve a purpose anymore. To the Romans, these people are discarded. To the religious leaders, they're useless and worthless. But God the Father says of God the Son, 
I'm after the useless and the worthless and those that have been discarded by society, those that have been discarded by the world, and I will in no way break a bruised reed. I will bring healing and hope and help to that reed. I will in no way extinguish a smoking flag. Hey, that wig might not be shining, but I've got the ability to rekindle it. That is his ministry approach. It's not about religion. It's not about following a list of rules to make yourself look better than somebody else. God is in the business of taking the broken, taking the hurting, taking what the world has discarded and thrown out. And Jesus said, bring them to me. Bring them to me. That's how, that's how my Savior, that's how he rolls. God the Father saying, this is my son's ministry approach. How nauseating do you think those religious Pharisees were to the nostrils of God by the way they treated people? But not Jesus. He hung out with them. He welcomed them. Are y'all with me? Can y'all see why this is a beautiful rose in a garden of thorns? In the middle of all this rejection, God says, time out. Let me tell you what you're rejecting. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've gotten a good glimpse of your Savior lately, but he's awesome. Brother DJ, you've got to witness some of this. How God takes broken people. We're going to see half of a family get baptized in the next service. Who's just gone through some very difficult times. And the world would probably have. But God said. That's all. Stand up. That's all I got. If you're here today, here's, here's the invitation.